everyone. My name is Brendan Patrick. That's Sophie Green, and you're listening to the Super Lit Podcast. (laughs) Intro music. There she is. Superlit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community. Hi, Sophie. Hello. So this week we are talking about When You Get the Chance by Tom Ryan and Robin Stevenson. Do you have the physical copy or did you do... No, I got an ebook again. She got an ebook. I got an ebook. Um, it's a shame because the album artwork on this that you can't see because of my Zoom background. No one can see it. Can you see it now? It's beautiful. It's very cute. Yeah, the ebook, yeah. the one I have is all black and white. So mm-hmm. I love the colors for this one. Um, so I guess I will read the book sleeve since you do not have one. Um, also, it's wild that this is a like a book sleeve that you um, you read the first part of it and then it continues on to the back book sleeve, mm-hmm. which I haven't had happen before. So I remember like looking at it. I was like, wait, what? Um, so on the front flap, Mark and his cousin. Okay, is it Talia? I was reading it as Talia the entire book. Yeah, that's how I was reading it. Okay, great. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Mark and his cousin Talia live on opposite coasts and haven't seen each other since they were kids. When a family funeral leads to an unexpected reunion, they find themselves stuck in the middle of nowhere, cleaning out the family cottage while their parents decide what to do with it. Mark and Talia are both queer, but they quickly discover that they have little else in common. Talia is desperate to see her high school sweetheart, who is now working in Toronto. Mark just wants to have some fun. <laughs> That's correct. So when a family emergency calls their parents' way, Mark and Talia, with Mark's little sister Paige in tow, decide to take a road trip to Toronto Pride. With an old car, a bit of luck, and some help from a series of unexpected new friends, they might just make it to the big city and find what they're looking for. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. So I remember, I think I started reading this book before you. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Cause you were reading it. Um, in front of you, <laughs> in front of me. And, and you were like, you know how this character and I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> cause I, I have, haven't started reading it. I yet. <laughs> have to read the, like really early. Cause I'm a slow reader. I think we all know this at this point. <laughs> um no so, you never say that <laughs> no um it takes me a full 10 minutes Arr. to read the book and no matter what the <laughs> length of the book is which <laughs> for whatever reason works out but this book is less than 300 pages and it took me also we were looking at apartments so like i'm gonna give myself some credit it really took me maybe two days yeah this i've read this book in an afternoon <laughs> yeah it's it's a pretty good read um in that way um it's short and i remember saying to sophie like oh you're not gonna like mark <laughs> you know what you were right <laughs> yeah i mark displays a lot of the just to get right into it um, let's get into it yeah displays some of the um 
parts of the gay man community <laughs> um like the it, he really falls into that like white cisgender dude who like doesn't necessarily know anything about anyone that came before him um and mm-hmm. i feel like i've met so many people like that that just are like not aware of why pride exists or like like right. what goes on and they're really just like there for hot dudes and not much else mm-hmm. and not very aware of other parts of the community right um and i feel, <laughs> i feel like he does get ragged on quite a bit throughout the book and he does like wind up changing a little bit and being like made more aware of like okay guess what right like the community has catered to you guys long enough i think it's time for other people to like maybe have a voice right um especially like older people saying that to him mm-hmm. and like kind of like not shaming him but sort of shaming him to being like hey do you know why pride exists it's not just for cute shirtless boys um so i feel like i'm assuming that (laughs) i could be wrong but tom wrote mark's part and robin wrote talia's part um but they could have written like the chapters together like completely so right i'm actually not sure specifically it doesn't say i don't think i could be wrong um we'll never know (laughs) i'm sure it's in the author's note and i'm just i just missed it um but yeah yeah i feel like uh mark is kind of like the worst especially at the beginning Mm -hmm. um and like i felt like talia was like a step down in terms of being the worst and I don't mean the worst, like, wow, these are, like, the worst characters I've ever read. I just mean, like, right. wow, of course a teenage boy who, like, doesn't understand that everything's about him. And, like, of course he's hot, so he's the worst. <laughs> he's a nightmare. Yeah, he's a, he's a gay nightmare, which I think a lot of people were at that age. I think I can be included in that. Yeah, I think, um, and I say this with love. <laughs> oh, no. Is it about me? I no, 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 oh, no. Oh, I was like, uh-oh. It's about the book. It's about the, the wig is getting dragged. Brendan, you little bitch. Um, <laughs> no. I think that um, both Talia and Mark, like, perfectly exemplify kind of the worst parts of being, like, a gay teenager. Yeah. They're kind of, like, perfect, awful teens. Because yeah. Mark is, like, extremely ignorant and very, like, self-centered and, like, doesn't really have an interest in, like, education being educated or Mm -hmm. like learning about things or just fully is like a completely unaware of like the things around him that don't like directly impact him yeah and talia is like so like hyper concerned with being like perfectly politically correct and making sure that she's like as inclusive as possible and like um extremely extremely like sensitive to like all things which is good but then also has like no sympathy or like um she like doesn't she just like immediately like rails into mark as soon as he says something like kind of like inappropriate and like doesn't give him the benefit of the doubt that he just like was ignorant and didn't know things she like fully immediately assumes that he was like purposely being aggressive or like rude about something like pronouns or anything like that and it's like okay but um you should you should know things and be educated but also like 
not everyone is out to get you. You need to calm down. Both of you need to calm down. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> when I was reading it, I was like, I wonder how Sophie's going to feel about Talia because like, like being like a cisgender dude, uh, like right. reading Mark's part, I was like, oh yeah, I can definitely, like I can see this and like understand it and see how like I'm probably sure that at his age I wasn't as educated as I am now I don't I don't think yeah I think I feel like that's true and especially like as people get older and they're more um they're allowed to learn from mistakes right well I also wouldn't yeah I wouldn't like come into a space expecting like a 17 year old to have like a full grasp of like the history of pride yeah and like the like AIDS epidemic and everything like that that's mm-hmm. like ridiculous and if and I feel like even if a kid took the time to like educate themselves and read about those things they will still wouldn't have like a full grasp on like exactly like um what that was and stuff so yeah I think the thing that Tali has a little bit more of an edge besides the fact that she's like clearly very driven to educate herself on her own is she seems to have like a little bit more of a community Mm -hmm. um because she has like her partner Aaron and then like talks about having being like the people who started the GSA at their high school so they also have like some of the queer students there and then I think like their teacher who was like the supervisor was also queer yeah um and like kind of the only person that Mark talks about who is like a a queer person's a exist in their life beforehand is his like boyfriend person he's sort of yeah. dating it's like Jareth. unclear what the relationship is Jareth which is such a specific <laughs> such a name. name to choose Tom I need to talk to you about that <laughs> this entire book I was like so Mark is dating the Goblin King okay we're just gonna <laughs> let that happen it's happening I'm all right I mean it is a name people do happen. have that name yeah but boy, howdy. Yeah, that's absolutely going to be something that we just let happen. Um, it happened. Yeah, I, I definitely, like, and not to say that, like, these people are, like, people that I wouldn't want to read about because Mark is a disaster and so is Talia in her own right. Um, right. And I kind of love that because the idea of teenagers having it, like, completely all together and just, like, knowing all the answers, like, it just it doesn't, doesn't make seem, any sense. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Just from my experience as a person who wasn't. No, 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 no. They fully feel like they feel like teenagers. Like they yeah. feel like very fully realized teenagers. The decisions that they make throughout the book, mm-hmm. the like the conversations they have, just like mm-hmm. the way that they, because you get like their inner monologue a little bit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, these are, this is a teen. This is what yeah. a 17 year old would do. And I think also like leading by example, the adults in their lives seem to also be sort of selfish. And like, oh, for like sure. fully will not explain like why you don't like speak Anything to someone. Anything is happening. Yeah. So like in my family, I know why like maybe Jonathan and Rebecca don't get along. Like, I feel like we would all know that. Um, uh-huh. Not to the point of like, we know everyone's like dirty laundry, but it's just like, oh yeah, they don't get along. Um, don't ask about it. But like, I... Mm-hmm. There's no one's kids in my like immediate relative range that are my cousins mm-hmm. that like I that we've just like cut off to the point where it's like if we see them it would just be like a I, I don't know I know that happens but mm-hmm. it's just so like wild to me that it's like oh well some people just grow apart that's it you just have to accept that and it's like why did you grow apart <laughs> 
and it's we like don't know. yeah and a person getting mad about it it's like okay we like you and i say i'm talia and i'm speaking to my dad in this aspect mm-hmm. like you and i have a pretty open relationship we talk about everything like can you explain to me why this is like the one thing i'm not allowed to ask about yeah it was all very it was like very strangely like too mysterious it was like okay i understand that um mm-hmm families have like rifts and sometimes you just don't talk to specific people for like mundane reasons or you know non-mundane reasons you just don't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. but it was like very much like we can't discuss this yeah i can't tell you why i was like janet we will not be speaking about this it's like it's like well you know how i never speak to my sister anymore yeah why is that we can't talk about it why'd you bring it up then i said i'm not talking about it like that was very that energy (laughs) yeah honestly and i do think that it does like push the storyline along because um when they eventually get to the grandparents cabin so basically the thing that happens and you find this out right at the beginning of the book it's not necessarily a spoiler um Mm -hmm. mark's uh mark and talia's grandfather dies um and that basically is the thing that brings the family together and so they go to clean out the cabin like all together because the grandmother requests it um Mm -hmm. and like this basically throws the kids together with their parents in this house but um the grandmother has an accident pretty like immediately as soon as they get there so the parents are basically tasked with going to take care of their parents their parent i should say and the kids are left (laughs) The kids are just left to, like, take care of a cabin. Like, mm-hmm. I understand they're teenagers, but, like, you've left your teenagers in the woods with a child to, like, you're expecting, like, adult things from them, and they're they're still kids. So, like, I you totally... You this for what? <laughs> I totally understand them being like, wait, there's a car here? We're going to Toronto Pride. <laughs> like... <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Yeah, like, Bye-bye. can you imagine finding, like, a like, a what was it a camaro what was it uh it was a mustang yeah can you imagine finding a mustang in your parents like garage and being like yeah i won't drive this <laughs> i'm Y'all already miss this? <laughs> oh you're i'm already in the i'm already driving i'm already yeah. in the road <laughs> i've you already left me. um i'm gone i'm down there i'm on the highway yeah so like i totally understand all of these things and i think that again leading by example their parents have been selfish with mm-hmm. which I also understand, like not necessarily wanting to rehash something, but I think also like finding out what the reason is at the end of the book. I definitely think that they should have shared that with the kids. I'm not going to say what it was, um, uh-huh. but I feel like that's something they could have shared. But I also totally understand like it being like kind of like the catalyst in the novel that pushes things forward, and it being like mm-hmm. something that is mundane or silly or stupid or like totally understandable like mm-hmm. um i totally get it and like so their parents have been selfish and these kids are like i've had to be an adult or in tolly's aspect i'd had to be an adult like my whole life and like you've just mm-hmm. expected me to behave so so well and never mess up and mark's kind of just this kid that like i don't think anyone has ever said no to him mm-hmm. <laughs> um except for Paige, probably <laughs> his little sister his little sister is um wild 
I mean, I guess that's how 10 year olds are. I don't hang out with 10 year olds, so I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Um, I'm the youngest, so I would <laughs> I don't be the know 10 what year old. <laughs> yeah, I'm the ten- that's me. I'm the 10 year old. Yeah. But um, um, seeing them just be like, yeah, you know what? We're already going to get in trouble. Um, we're going to do this thing anyway. Yeah. Like, I totally understand that you've already gotten in trouble. Why not just add to it? <laughs> Let's just double down triple down yeah. quadruple down let's just fuck they it really <laughs> i screamed at one point <laughs> what point did you scream at uh so after they get to toronto and then they show up at the house and the two like older gays the very sweet older gays are like yeah i get it but also like your parents don't know you're here and i can't like you can't stay here sorry fam yeah Yeah, like you i need you to like your parents to be okay with you staying with strangers yeah and then mark's just like ah sick yeah come on i'm totally fine bye and then he just fucking bolts (laughs) i like screamed i was like i would i would never if i did that i don't think i'd be allowed back in the house i don't know maybe i would i didn't do anything when i was little i was no my mom actually would have been like go do it for the love of god Do something interesting. Your mother, redacted, would totally have made you do that. She would have been like, do you want to just like... Do you want to run away? No, you could leave school for a week and just yeah. go into the city. You want to run away? I already That's wrote the note. I already <laughs> yeah. told the school you're not showing up. Get out. I no, am going, going in your place to school. No one will notice. <laughs> she would never. Um, um. Yeah, as a kid who misbehaved and was bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see that happening. It was truly wild. I remember I got, when I worked at the movie theater, of course I worked in the movie theater, I got hot popcorn oil dumped on my face because I was throwing the can out and Uh it hit the the railing of the trash area and basically dumped onto my face and I got it in my eyes. I remember that night I went to the hospital to get my eyes like pumped and I was supposed to go to New York the next day and my mom was like sweetie you're going to school and I was like but mom I just got popcorn oil in my eyes I have to go to the city you are a menace I am 90% sure that I just went to the city anyway I fully believe that that is the exact thing that you did for sure yeah i mean it did really hurt to have my eyes pumped but um i definitely did deserve to not go to school the next day that is correct i had been in the hospital the night before but also (laughs) if i was well enough to bop around the city i was well enough to go to school (laughs) i think that was like the one thing like mark and talia both being like I hate saying the worst because it sounds like we're making fun of Tom. The worst. But we're we're talking about like kids just being bad. Yeah. <laughs> but also just like being not understanding, which is like not necessarily a great trait to have. But I think it also makes them really realistic. That was the one oh, thing. Oh, for that, sure. Like, as soon as I started reading, I was like, oh no, this is so different than Tom's other book. That was other books, I should say. Like those kids were like much more well behaved and right. problematic. <laughs> They were, um, yeah, they definitely had, they were, they definitely had a little bit more, uh, restraint. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the one kid's dad smoking pot and being like, Hey honey, do you want, um, Me? I can't wait to be that cheesy dad. bread for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. 
Hell yeah, dude. You want cheesy bread for dinner. I want cheesy bread for dinner. Yeah. I mean, that can happen. <laughs> um, but I think that also, like, I like that the adults around them were kind of the like the ones that weren't related to them mm-hmm. were kind of like the navigators that were like, oh, honey, you don't know, like, let, they were the characters that are like, you don't know, like, why Pride started? Like, let me talk to you about Stonewall. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stonewall riots and, like, why things are the way they are. And, like, the, <laughs> I hate, I hate the phrasing of this, but it's <laughs> the dykes on bikes. I feel like I'm not mm-hmm. allowed to say that. <laughs> it's fine. But, like, that part, like, they explained that part, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like maybe I did know that, but I didn't. But when I was reading, I was like, oh, like, duh, th- that would explain why this is a thing that happens. Um, and I think at that point specifically, one of the, um, like, the older women, I forget which who it was, which one of the couple, but she was like, cisgender, like, gay white men have had enough of the community attention. They can be left out of this one thing. And right. I was like, fucking yes. <laughs> Go off, Quinn. Yeah, you dropped this. <laughs> me holding it's a me. $1,000 check. $100,000? Yeah. <laughs> $100,000. You've won RuPaul's Drag Race for being <laughs> mean even... to a tiny homosexual. <laughs> That's how you win, right? I think that is how you win. It's how Bianca uh, won. <laughs> yeah, she bullied RuPaul into winning. As she should. I don't think specifically otherwise. So like a lot of this book, I feel like as soon as you start to talk about specific points of the plot, it's like, oh, the whole book's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing that I think made it's uh, it's less than 200 and let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. It is 266 pages worth of book. Uh-huh. Um, and... I feel like that's also the thing that kind of like makes it go because every chapter, especially the ones with Paige, where she's like, hey, do you know who this is? Do you know who this person is? Do you know like why this thing is happening? Um, I think that kind of leans into Tom's really, uh, his love of like mystery novels yeah. and writing them. Yeah. Um, I think having Paige in there that's trying to like figure out what A tiny happened. detective. Yeah, a tiny detective. Um, I think that's Tom's thing. Hashtag I think tiny that's Tom. That's his yeah. self-insert character. The matchmaker, but it's just no, it's just me. Oh, I thought you were like looking at someone like in your room, and I was like, "Hello, can you turn? Can you turn the computer?" (laughs) Looking at my feet. Looking at my feet. I'm just looking at my feet. (laughs) But yeah, I think um, having like Paige being the person that's like kind of like the little detective. um, Yeah. When the like the two teenage kids are like, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like. Then they would have never known why their parents hate each other. <laughs> so thank God for Paige. Thank God for Paige. Pour one out. That's, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Pour one out fine. for the tiny She lives. I don't know why I said that. No one dies in this. Well, the grandpa no. dies, but that's in the well, first. He dies before the book starts. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> dog oh, no, does not I've die. Off the deep end. Oh, dog does not die. There is a dog. There's a dog in this book. It's very cute. I think it's modeled There's after a... either Robin's dog or Tom's dog. Could be both. Oh, it's probably Tom. Yeah. Doesn't he have like an Irish setter? Yes, I think. I feel like this was like a super cute romp, but also a really yeah. nice way to speak about pride and like why it exists, but also um, to just, I think, also... <laughs> 
show that teenagers can learn and adjust to mm-hmm. and like there are teachable moments and how to I think look at someone and I don't want to say their learning style mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels like hokey but like everyone learns differently so if Mark learns by like people giving him the chance to learn and not just telling mm-hmm them that like telling him that he's wrong and like giving no like way to improve um Mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. like seeing the teenagers can be taught and also like learn things about their community if you give them the chance um and maybe not expecting everyone to know everything um about their own community because i don't i don't think like going into it everyone just knows they have to learn you have to learn you aren't born with that knowledge that would be weird if you were yeah. Could this you, isn't the Matrix. you open your eyes and you're like, and I know. <laughs> the the scene in the Matrix, except yeah. instead of Neo <laughs> opening his eyes and going, I know Kung Fu, he just goes, oh, I know the entire history of Pride. <laughs> I know <comes>. gay things. <laughs> no gay things. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think this book does a really good job of making like uh the conversation of like pride and like gay history a little um pretty accessible for like a younger audience uh i would say that not not the majority but a lot of the ya we read i think skews a little bit older um and we've definitely read some young adult books that i think would skew definitely older but i would say that this is like a really good book for like a young teen because it's not necessarily um it feels really really accessible just like the chickens here i think yeah so i think like the way that the text is written is really accessible for like a younger teen at that kind of reading level i also think that like the conversations that are had in the book in terms of like pride history and stuff give enough context so that they could understand it but it also like creates like a really nice like opening of a conversation where they could learn more about things and like go and research more stuff mm-hmm. um to like be more interested in that so i think this would be like a really good book for anyone who's like looking for uh, a book that has a queer protagonist for a younger teen to read yeah and i think also by having like different age groups in the book as well um, and explaining things to two different age groups. So like teenagers and then like a very like young girl. Um, yeah. Especially when explaining things like being non-binary. That to me isn't confusing. Um, but right. when, like explaining it to a person that like they haven't ever like interacted with a non-binary person that we know of. Um, just explaining like how gender works and like the ideas behind it and how identity works as well to a kid who like clearly wants to know and understand what you're talking about um it's not like she's not interested i think it really does help also like lend an ear to that conversation and to open a door to different types of people who are learning about the queer community and it's also like nice to see like a kid who's like yeah my brother's gay why am i not allowed to tell people that like i don't understand Mm -hmm. like right it's, it's nice to see that <laughs> would like that for future but i also understand saying to a person like hey that isn't your job to like do that like it's for them to do that you can't just like out people um mm-hmm. and explaining it more than once because the person like maybe didn't get it the way i explained it last time so let me change the way i'm speaking this time to better like explain it um and i mm-hmm. think uh 
the two kids being like quote <laughs> kind of like disasters and just like growing into themselves and like kind of letting go and like letting themselves be kids mm-hmm. um was like really nice to see especially i think the thing that i didn't realize about pride uh is that like last year not really being able to like celebrate it with like you guys and like in person mm-hmm. or just like being around you like fully um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was something that I missed so, so much because I, I speak to you, but the idea of like being around and just celebrating being queer and just like being super loud about it. <laughs> it's something that you don't realize that like, I like doing this thing and then I'm not allowed to do it. And I'm like, wait, this is so important to me being able to celebrate mm-hmm. this. Um, I think this book coming out now, as opposed to last year when it was supposed to come out, really like drives home that like, this is, I think, the 52nd year since the Stonewall riots. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's getting up there. Like, that's like a huge, like, moment. Um, and just like this coming out now really, like, drives home that, like, this is a thing that is so important. Um, and it was sorely missed last year. And I think people better understand how to celebrate stuff now, too. Like, even I did the AIDS walk this year. They did it, dig- like, digitally or visually or something I don't know the right phrasing Mm -hmm. for it where like they told you like how many miles it was they basically were like you can walk it in New York or you can find a trail that is I think it was six miles that you can do Mm -hmm. um so I think a lot of companies have like a better understanding and like charities have a better understanding of how to run things now too so even if pride isn't this year you know as big as this book makes it out to be um right it's I think we all have like a better understanding of what's going on too so we can you know find different ways to celebrate Mm -hmm. uh but yeah I don't know if any of that made sense but it felt like it did I feel like that made sense yeah it was I'm just very happy that uh this year we have a better grasp of what's going on yeah that's it's so nice to have a gentle understanding of the world around you yes (laughs) I Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, do you have something you would like to say? No, no. never. I don't talk. I would like to not speak. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I had... I know that, like, the, there's not, like, a lot to talk about this book um, without, yeah. like, unraveling it completely. Um, chapter by chapter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the adult, like, queer people and also, like, some of the questions being, like, is it lame to want to be monogamous or is it, like, weird that people want to have open relationships? I think mm-hmm. having kids discuss that, that conversation is difficult for anyone at any age to have. And I think right. kids trying to, like, swim through that kind of, like, conversation and have it in a respectful manner, um, even when it isn't necessarily happening in a respectful manner. Uh-huh. Um I think that was a really interesting thing to add to this book um, with Talia. The idea of like, wait, like, are is one of these wrong? Is one of these right? Are they both right? Are they both wrong? Like, what are we doing here? Right. Um, I don't think that's something what we've in the last couple of books at least like have the idea of an open relationship that hasn't really come up in any of our books. The idea of monogamy. Mm-hmm. Um. And the idea that, like, there are queer elders in this book is, like, so, so nice. Yeah, that was that really a, nice. Yeah, and they're, they're successful and thriving, and they have friends. <laughs> they're thriving. Um, there wasn't, their background story wasn't them talking about them being hate-crimed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're just like joyful people which is really nice i feel like that's like a really relatable thing at least if you are like attempting to like go out and experience community is like you will find like you you end up like at someone's uh you end up at the elder the elder gay's house and they're like all right children gather around let me tell you all the stories of all the shit we did in the 70s and 80s (laughs) let me talk to you about our time cruising (laughs) um yeah exactly that kind of shit so i think that that it makes sense that that especially because this book is so focused on like um as like especially for like younger younger kids like teens and stuff obviously you're not going to like gay bars and stuff so and if you're not like actively trying to like join the queer community or if you're not in a city where that's necessarily as accessible it's really easy like that pride is kind of one of the few moments where you have like you'll you're able to have that connection with the community so easily because so many people will be there that aren't normally like in those spaces or like people will take make sure to like take the time to go there and exist and stuff and be like openly who they are so I think it like really was like a perfect kind of setting that we have like these older gay characters that are kind of like the literally like the guardians who like bring them to pride yeah I think also like the older guardians being like the way that they phrase it like oh there's so many new things these days and Tali being like I don't understand what you're saying but not actually saying it but then being like, it's really great that you kids are like so educated and so comfortable with yourselves and able to feel these things because we didn't get those experiences where we could, or there weren't words for what we were feeling. Like, am I gender non-conforming? Like, do I, like, am I butch or femme? Like mm-hmm. those ideas that I think you and I have like heard those phrasing, but like, it's a good point to like is that how kids identify with themselves like are there different words to use now like are there Mm -hmm. better words to use I think that was a really smart and I think interesting like point of the book too and it was such a small part that I was like oh that is such a good point like words that like I think that I definitely hear um Mm -hmm. but like it's it's different for the kids so they have advanced and they've evolved the language of the community Mm -hmm. because everything is always growing and advancing Mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting i think too to see like a young generation versus like the generate the vanguard if you will um and it was just i think such a thoughtful like point and small conversation that really added to the like fabric of this book Mm -hmm. that was smart (laughs) You use a big words. Oh my god, I said oh fabric. God. Oh, she said fabric. Um, it's the fabric of our lives, you know. Oh god, cotton. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think no, I think you make like a really good point because there is like kind of this conversation where a lot of I feel like a lot of times, like in conversation between generations, a lot of times kids will be like well this is how i identify and like older people will be like i mean guess i guess me me too but also like i didn't we didn't have those fucking words when i was a kid so i was Mm -hmm. just like butch i guess yeah um i think the conversation started with um talia using the phrasing of queer yeah and the the two older um people in the front seat cheryl i think was one of the names i'm forgetting their names of course the (laughs) The, the elder gaze part one um the elder gaze 
yeah, the female presenting elder gaze, um, they like one of them kind of like feels strange about the word queer, which I understand. Um, and I think that's what like starts the conversation of like, oh, in my day we use like butch, femme, and like now kids like better understand themselves and also have like actual verbiage to use. Mm-hmm. I think that especially in the other books that we've read, we haven't really had that kind of conversation of like, okay, like the language is evolving. Like, how do we describe ourselves? And mm-hmm. do we want to use different, like, do I hear the new word and see like, does this fit me? Or like right. not a new word, but like a word that people are using more often. Um, like, does this fit for me? Does it not? Am I still comfortable with using this word? Or is it like outdated to the point where it's offensive? Right. Um, it's really interesting. And it's just like the, the silly back and forth that like I have no idea what's going on of like kink at pride like mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with me pride is your experience like let it happen also like policing queer bodies is exactly what was going on with little Nas X mm-hmm. uh, just like three weeks ago and now we're doing it to ourselves so it's just like a really weird interesting dichotomy of like okay <laughs> like what is pride for and who gets to quote unquote police pride I don't have anything um, else that's probably smart. I think I, I have outsmarted myself this time. That was your one, your smart quota for the year. Yeah, I'm um, done. <laughs> I think this was like an enjoyable book, especially to start off like right around Pride just to like have it. I'm really excited this book got to come out, especially for Tom and Robin, um, because it was, this was like a fun read. And I know yeah. like last year messed up everyone's schedules. Um, yeah, and, publishing got all wacky, but and I it think really wouldn't have people. done this book any service to come out last year when no one could no. have gotten their hands on it. Um, so I'm really glad it did get to come out. Um, it was such a fun read, and I think it really is super thoughtful for a shorter book. This is like incredibly thoughtful in the amount of space it uses. Um, and I think for a book that is like 266 pages, it tackles so much mm-hmm. about pride. And I think mm-hmm. I haven't read any books specifically about pride. So this is like a first one for the podcast, I should say. So like the first uh, one for me. Did we read another one that was about pride? No, but didn't Felix ever after end during a pride parade? Or- <gasps> oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. I forgot about that part. They're screaming at each other from yeah. across the street, like at the floats. That I love that scene. That was very yes, cute. I forgot about that. Um, I think that, like, also no, I think that like a really good thing about having like that kind of as a setting is because, so like, not to get into like too spoilery stuff, but like, so like the beginning of the book, basically, like Mark has this like kind of dating this person but they haven't really established where they are and he like is like maybe thinks that they he they broke up or he wants to break up with them he's not sure what's going on and then talia is has just broken up with her partner because they moved to toronto to go to school and like got a job and stuff Mm -hmm. so now she's dealing with like that kind of heartbreak and then like the impetus of going to toronto for her at least is to see aaron again but you kind of have the same sort of like feeling and scene it's it's not the same um obviously like the plot and the setup is different but you still have that same kind of built-up emotion happening where like talia has like a pretty significant like emotional 
arc happening and then like during pride so there's already like heightened emotion around them because they're at like a celebration of everyone and it's kind of just like this weird balance of like she's kind of going through something that is like not necessarily fun like she's going through a heartbreak but is like just surrounded with by like so much joy and so many people like celebrating that she kind of just like can't help but like celebrate as well it's like this weird comforting uh effect that like you just want to like lay down and cry because Mm -hmm. you're sad but also like all your friends are at a party and you just want to hang out and also go to that party it's like the worst so warming (laughs) it's the worst best thing um I I know we don't like SNL here, but I was sent um, a skit um, that was about like Pride and how like Pride Month is the perfect time for everything to go wrong, uh, which is honestly very true. <laughs> Pride is the perfect because you we put so much like weight on it. Um, oh, for sure. That it's just like the 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 time that something bad's going to happen it is here. It's gonna happen. I just wait until Wrath Month and then yeah. get my revenge. <laughs> wait until July. Um, but yeah, no, it's... I I definitely think what you're saying is right, though. Feels... Feels right. Yeah, feels, feels right. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else I want to add. That's all I got. Yeah, I think that is all we got. I think that's all the queers wrote. All they wrote? Yeah. Um... But yeah, do, so do you have anything else you want to add about when you get the chance by Tom Ryan and Robin Stevenson? Go read the book. It's fun. It's yeah, honestly, fun go read the book. It is a fun romp. It's a good time. It's a fun little story. Um, and I think both Robin and Tom are both really talented writers, um, especially like Robin does a lot of educational work. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I feel like this book is kind of like that. Uh, yeah. But it's also, I feel like it's the best of both writers. Um both writers yeah (laughs) but uh yeah um the book we've been talking about is when you get the chance by tom ryan and robin stevenson but yes my name is brennan patrick that's sophie green and you've been listening to the (laughs) to the super lit podcast chicken do you want any input i i definitely agree 